0: This is episode 229 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Control and Compound Financial. They teach real estate investors how to multiply their wealth using infinite banking strategies. For a complimentary wealth coaching session, or to learn more, visit wwwcontrolandcompoundcom forward slash Andrew Hines. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have Amy Brooke with me, and Amy is a real estate investor who's originally from England, and she made her way over to Ontario many years ago and uh, decided to go full bore on the real estate investing acquisition Burr's in 2020, and she acquired seven properties in a row, seven properties within one year, which to me sounds absolutely insane when you were just doing you know, a little property here and there. She had a property in England, uh, was never really much of an active investor, and then just went full at it while retaining her full-time job and with a two-year-old and her husband also worked full-time. So, I mean, that just sounds insane to me, mind-blowing. Anyone with kids who listens to this show will will know how insane that sounds. And uh, this episode was really just breaking down what was she thinking, number one, and uh, what she's learned, uh, how she's uh, moving forward after this, and uh, what a cool portfolio she was able to put together and how she did that. So it was a really interesting episode, which I came away from just thinking, wow, there really are no excuses uses are there uh, i i don't think i've heard too many people talk about growing that quickly of course after she did buy the seven properties which is over 20 units i think she said when she's done or maybe just under sorry um uh, she said she did cool it down a little bit they wanted to reflect and and decide how they were going to grow from here Uh, but definitely an interesting story and one i'm sure you're going to get something out of so just before we jump into that i'm going to remind you about the rei hot seat sister channel to this one that's where you can go if you want to see me breaking down deals on a weekly basis giving market updates Uh, it's youtube or video content only Uh, so make sure you check that out if you haven't already Uh, it's something that can really help you with the analysis on deals and uh, of course you're going to hear about some actual uh, available deals whether on market or off market with our resident realtor jacob campanero who's regularly on the show so with that said let's go ahead and jump into episode 229 with amy Brook. hello and welcome to the andrew Hines real estate investing podcast i have amy Brook on the show came out to a meetup said you wanted to come on the show yep and here, here we I are am. yeah here we are <laughs> after a little back and forth trying to find a time to get you on so anyways um uh, you have a lovely accent. I think Thank you. Southern Ontario, is it? or? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't even notice it anymore when people no? say, oh, where are you from? I'm like, Canada. Oh, yeah, I've got an accent.
0: <laughs> How long have you been here?
1: 11 years, 11 and a half,
0: yeah. up to it. And so where, where in the UK are you from?
1: Uh, near Leeds, a little town just outside of Leeds. Okay, so it's Manchester. like
0: Southern, yeah. UK, like it's it's like North, England. kind
1: of about three and a half hours North
0: of London. Of London, okay. Yeah. And, like, their accents are just so region-specific, right? Like oh, yeah. Somebody from there would know where you're from, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. The town I'm from, you'd really recognize my accent. Yeah. But literally 15 minutes drive out and you've got a totally different accent. Yeah.
0: So, but if you go back to your town, do they say you have a Canadian accent?
1: Um, no. So, they used to a little bit. Maybe not Canadian, but I definitely kind of like,
0: Sounds different. flattened it out yeah. a little bit.
1: Um, they said I sounded a bit posher, which is quite funny and um, being from the town that I'm from. But I work for a UK company now, so it's kind of all coming back. Oh, really? I'm, just, I'm really broad English accent again now, so. <laughs>
0: Very cool. So what what brought you over here?
1: Oh, God, I can't, honestly, I can't remember the exact reason. We decided, we was working for a company, decided, and they were closing down, so we thought we want a new, you know, a new adventure in life. Started looking into it. I think we were looking into Spain at one point, we ended up at one of these you know like expo things where there's different countries somebody mm-hmm. talked us into canada my husband's best friend lives in new brunswick so we had been over a few times and we're like okay. oh that makes sense so we started we, like it happened really quick and got us permanent visas planned on settling in nova scotia um and then i got a job working down here with the company i was at so they kind of moved us down into ontario so we, uh, we stayed in Nova Scotia for about five weeks and then packed up our car with the dog and yeah. everything. Didn't even have anywhere to live down here and just came down and tried to find somewhere. It all happened really quick. And wow. yeah, been here ever since. So
0: That's crazy. So tell me a little bit about your journey as, well, actually even before that, like what have you noticed? Cause you, you spent some time as an adult in UK, came over here. Um, you were you were working towards a visa over here, is that how that worked? No,
1: we got we got a permanent visa before we actually came Got a permanent yeah.
0: visa. Uh is that based on qualification for jobs? It
1: was um it was through the Nova Scotia Provincial Nominee Programme at the time. Okay. So I'm a an accountant but it wasn't on the skilled worker list at the time. Okay. Um so Nova Scotia was the easiest place for us to so. get
0: into <laughs> Just interesting to me. Like, when people come to Canada, I genuinely want to know. I mean, because you kind of have similar weather probably where you came from.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. You get, like, more of the seasons here.
0: More it's of the seasons. Kind of,
1: it's kind yeah. of gray and a bit rainy, a lot longer in England, whereas yeah. it's clear seasons in Canada.
0: Yeah, clear seasons. Maybe not Nova Scotch, We do have I the know. gloom. I, I don't know. Yeah. The winter gloom I'm, yeah. I'm done with all that but me <laughs> too, a little bit to be fair <laughs> need to go down to like florida or something like any reason like spain would have been warmer more seasons yeah probably.
1: yeah we went back to spain uh only we only got back a week ago yeah and we kind of missed that now we want to buy something there
0: <laughs> so now like are you thinking canada for the rest of your life or move around move around where would the next place be
1: P- probably florida
0: florida yeah, yeah that's it. It's a good spot for warmth. I mean, yeah. I, I think Florida for sure for me, at least for like winter months. Yeah. And then I wouldn't mind somewhere else in the US for the rest of the year. Or I, I do like Southern Ontario and I think we have beautiful summers minus the smoke right now.
1: Mm.
0: But uh, yeah, I could also, you know, yeah. it's just a fam you know, families here, right?
1: But, so we've not got any family here. We've got friends here. The challenge that we've got is we've got a four-year-old little boy. Mm-hmm. and with no family here like is with us all the time and i'm just not sure what to do for schooling with him yeah whether we do that is the trick right or private school or you know a lot of people in our that? space
0: want to move their kids around so i know a few people uh, sean allen uh paula uh, mcfarland and and jake yeah uh they have moved their kids i i believe they're all having their kids schooled in florida
1: yeah and i've been following them a lot yeah kinda, i've chatted to her once before but yeah
0: yeah, it's I mean, kind of obviously, like some kids are easy going with that stuff. Yeah, and I feel like some aren't. But yeah, I got moved around in schools when I was younger. But I, I think it's more the quality of school you move your yeah. kids to, more so than that you're moving them.
1: Totally, I got moved yeah. around a lot as well, and yeah. I honestly look back now and think it made me more adaptable.
0: Probably so did. I'm open yeah.
1: to it. I'm just, I don't know. I'll figure it out. We'll. We've said that probably in yeah. the next couple of years.
0: Next couple of so, years, you make a move. So would. Yeah. It, so if it's Florida, you'll be going down the visa route
1: probably not like using a your annoying. canadian
0: citizenship to, to to make that work yeah, yeah okay yeah and does your son have an accent as well he's
1: he, he has a full canadian accent okay. but he can easily turn on the the, the british English? yorkshire accent where we're from it's quite funny. yeah,
0: yeah. you should get a video of that yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny <laughs> okay yeah that's awesome all right well let's talk about real estate then yeah so you came over here uh did you get into investing right away give me the timeline
1: so, um, yeah, just going back to the beginning, when I was 19, I bought my first house in the UK. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily, my mum always pushed me to buy a house straight away. She was like, don't bother renting. At the time, it made more sense to buy a house. And they were super cheap back then. Um, three years later, I sold that for double the price. But then with the next one, I got into bidding wars and I ended up buying something that needed a full full gut job. Um, so that taught me a lot about it. I got ripped off by contractors and, yeah. it all started then good experience yeah good experience (laughs) straight away at an early age then i met my husband and he helped me finish the house um when we met we decided that we wanted to buy an investment property so we actually saved up for a year at beans for a full year didn't go out anywhere um and we'd just been over to canada he introduced me to canada because we came over to fredericton uh, and nova scotia uh, to to meet his friend and that's when we thought we're going to buy something in canada so we actually opened a bank account and started saving for a year to buy something here way back then this is like 2005 I think it was. Oh wow. Um and randomly we didn't end up doing we ended up buying another primary residence in the UK and we rented out the one that we had. Rented that out for 13 years. Didn't have a clue what we were doing. We had great tenants for a long time and uh I don't I think we only increased the rents once. Um and then we moved over to the to Canada kept that one on so we didn't mm-hmm. like I always loved real estate. I always wanted to kind of get into it, but just never dived in and actually learned yeah. it and life happened. The one thing that we did always do was every three to four years we'd buy a new primary residence that needed some work and we'd add value that way. So mm-hmm. we'd kind of you know built up some equity in the properties that we owned. When we came over to when we originally came over to Nova Scotia, we thought we could you know afford a nice house and then we came down to Ontario and realized. That, that was going to be challenging. And this one back in 2012.
0: Well, you're converting your pounds. Surely they went yeah. a lot further.
1: And it went a lot further in Nova Scotia as well. But uh, yeah. we eventually got on the property ladder in February 2013. Um, and then we're in a third house now. And it, was, it wasn't it was until um, my dad passed away in 2020 that that just gave me the kick of the butt to be like, I need to get into this and learn more. It's, it's usually one of them big kind of life changes that shakes it off a bit. Um, and then we realized we could use this HELOC, and we'd accumulated a decent size HELOC. So um, yeah. we, we bought our first – we did a lot of learning, put a lot of offers in, got a lot of rejections. We bought our first duplex in January 2021.
0: In which which area?
1: Uh, uh, that was in St. Mary's, just outside Mary's. of Stratford. Okay. Uh, we were actually looking in Kitchener, Cambridge, but we were just kind of getting – like outbid all the time um yeah. so yeah we fell in love with st mary's found something it was the first week in january um and then we found another duplex and we bought that literally five days after the first one mm-hmm. we ended up buying six properties in like six months and ten uh, sorry seven properties in ten months in total yeah. and that's kind of where we stopped um and then last and they were year, all needed work they all, yeah, we were like using the burst strategy on all of them. Yeah, we, right. nothing turnkey.
0: So you didn't have anything else to do with your time? Like,
1: <laughs> what yeah, were you,
0: it's... how did you do that? Were you working full
1: time? well working full time. We did, it was tough. We dragged our little boy who was like two at the time around everywhere. We put a lot of sweat, sweat equity in every weekend. That's,
0: that's crazy. I, I yeah. can't imagine like bringing my son just about anywhere productive. I take him to Home Depot and I'm like, wow, what a success. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we did a lot of, ate a lot of snacks. He yeah. Probably had a lot of crap. He, uh, a lot of he's probably little addicted fishes. to yeah, a lot of them, yeah. He's probably addicted to the iPad now, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. So um yeah, we kind of sacrificed that a bit. We always tried fitting in taking him to a park or something wherever yeah. we
0: were. Well, the experience would be great for him, especially if you could a, uh, you know, help out, get a some junior-sized hard hard uh, hat and uh work boots. Exactly, Yeah. And uh, we had
1: him painting as well. Yeah. We've got lots of like it was fun and I think I don't know. He you have to sacrifice and we did that first year like we honestly were exhausted by the end of the year and we did get burnt out i don't know whether i'd recommend people going that quick when well
0: yeah i mean that that sounds kind of horrendous 10 you said no seven seven months seven and ten ten months and they all needed work so you're bouncing Uh, back and forth from yeah yeah at one
1: point we had I think we had like six units being renovated on the go. And we were running around from one yeah.
0: How to many there. how many units out of those
1: seven so properties? So we have seventeen units in total mm. now, and that the reason is is so one of them, well, two of them, we converted from duplex to triplexes. Um, so that so last year, so you were going we were, through municipal yeah.
0: permits as well.
1: Yeah. So last year we stabilized. We had one Airbnb. We got that up and running, um, and then we refin- did a lot of refinancing last year. And then we did one duplex to triplex conversion. We finished that in December last year. Then this year, we've just finished a garden suite conversion. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a legal triplex now, that property. And now we're just doing uh, a duplex to fourplex conversion. We've got that going on now. So out of the seven properties that we bought, we knew that there was you know room to add units and add value. So it's kind of kept us...
0: So you'll be over 20 units then soon? No, it'll
1: be 17, it will including be 17. those two. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's a, it's an yeah. old church, that one. That's going to be the fourplex. Oh.
0: Yeah. It's kept
1: us busy. (laughs) So it felt like there was a lot going on that first year. And it felt like last year, I don't know, we we were really hard on ourselves, you know, because we Mm -hmm. didn't buy anything else. It felt Mm -hmm. like we weren't moving, but we were stabilizing. And we're still kind of doing that a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's okay. That that takes some time sometimes. But then there's also, you know, some people who would just say, you know, you got to push, push, grow, grow, higher, higher. (laughs) Yeah two schools of thought actually there's probably many more than that but um okay so so that's actually pretty uh pretty crazy and i i don't even know how you would have done that and managed that were they all bank finance did you have private money in there
1: um so the first three we did bank financing 20 percent down the next three we did 100 percent private mortgages okay um and we actually did some uh promissory note loans as well for renovations yeah. um and then and then the last one which was our, uh a single family home which we airbnb that was uh like 20 down straight to the bank okay all of the private mortgages we refinanced so everything's with the banks yeah. now
0: where did the renovation money come from for all those projects
1: um we had a little bit of cells on the on the heloc available still and then we used promissory notes which was kind okay. of a strategy to be able. So to do
0: you finance. probably had what, like, million plus out in P notes, or not, not quite that much.
1: Uh, no, probably in P notes around three fifty. Three fifty. It was quite. You know, okay. like when you look back and you think of how you think, Wow, what, like, I obviously like taking a lot of risk, and so does my husband. But at one point, I think we had about one point nine in total in like private lending, one
0: point nine million. Yeah, like secured mortgages and stuff. Yeah, secured mortgages and P
1: notes. Yeah.
0: I think our, our mortgage on our camp payment right now is $23,000 a month. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know, I try not to to think about that kind of thing too much. Uh, with the P-Note stuff, yeah, that's uh, it's a great uh, avenue to get access to cash. But, yeah, I, I take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I've, I think we've had up to, like, a million out. Depends on in what capacity. Like, even just, like, the, the flipping company I did in fl- – in, uh, uh, London, I think at one point we had over a million in, uh, in cash out just, yeah. it's an interesting feeling. Yeah. Uh, and I like the flexibility of it, like compared to, you know, doing mortgages where there's all, you know, legal fees, like crazy lender fees, like crazy, all this administration peanuts are just so clean. Um, but they're very relationship based. Like people yeah. really gotta, gotta like you, trust you, which is my next leading question. Cause you went from zero to a thousand. Where did you have the connections to get all this and you had the knowledge about it? I guess that was from the many years of kind of watching from the sidelines and, and not um, really diving in.
1: In all honesty, no, because I wasn't really taking, like, I, I always knew, I always used to, you know, drive past the big apartment buildings and think, wow, like, who owns these? I'd love to kind of get in the same room as them. But um, but it, I just started learning and I didn't know, I didn't know much that there were any podcasts out there. I was literally just finding things out, figuring out how to, run the numbers, mm-hmm. um, getting on MLS and looking. We luckily found a really good realtor early on um, that helped us. Um, and he recommended, you know, a few different people. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but we, we, we kind of used a few different re- realtors to start with. Um,
0: How did you find my podcast? How did I find? Your- How did you find my podcast and when did you find it?
1: I don't, it was probably, I didn't really start going on social media much until like, like it was like early 2021 Mm -hmm. and I was probably just on like Instagram and somebody Mm -hmm. had shared your podcast I'm like, oh, and I liked it because you did the numbers and I'm like a CPA and a numbers person as well. So I'm like, oh, somebody's actually explaining the numbers. So yeah.
0: I I see. I I still hear this all the time. I'm like, I don't know what I did that that people like so much. They think I'm a numbers guy. Um, (laughs) I think I'm a back of the napkin numbers guy, but I'll uh, <laughs>
1: well, say no. That's always yeah. Doing.
0: Like let's just let's just make it. But I mean, I'll, I'll sit down with people who have crossed like every T, dotted every I, all the way through a project that they're just they're just like looking at. And I actually think that that's that's potentially a negative if you do that. The deals that you haven't even tied up and. Um, you're not sure about because you get emotionally invested in it, yeah. And now you have equity in that deal, and and I mean like emotional equity, mm-hmm. um, but it, it kind of makes you feel compelled to do the deal even if it's not great, yeah, totally. And that's yeah. that's something investors got to watch out for if you if you put too much time into a deal uh, that you're just tentative about it you know it can make it harder not to do that deal it's
1: like you you're looking for ways to make you're it work you're looking for ways to make yeah. it
0: work right totally, you got to yeah. watch out for that because that uh, that can bite
1: you mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and it's funny you say that i find that when i first started like I, I didn't have as much knowledge at my fingertips and there wasn't as many people telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing on social media i find that i found that like that not having all that noise there i i was just kind of let's go for it let's do it and i i didn't have like i had such a good risk tolerance and that, that's probably why we moved so quick yeah. and and then as i got you know looking at lots of different people and you know doing probably a bit too much scrolling and whatever and listening re- I, I read way too many books like people say you know you should read lots of books and everything mm-hmm. i actually think that you should just focus on a handful and, yeah and really put them into practice because like too much information actually stops you, and you like, it stops you moving forward and we went through that a little bit last year and we're just starting now to really learn that you know you've kind of you, you really have got to keep the information down yeah. a little bit otherwise it can it can just kind of get you into that analysis paralysis and scared of making that next yeah. move so.
0: I'd say my my information consumption now is is talking to investors like I don't I don't really consume uh podcast content anymore I don't even listen to my own episodes <laughs> I just uh, I just uh, talk to people. We 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 sit down and we talk, and you know I, I mastermind with people, and you know I just that's the content for me now. Mm-hmm. Like you know growing that way, uh, but I do think like it would be great to like tune into a couple of bigger pockets episodes and like learn what's going yeah. on in the U.S. and stuff. It's just I find myself trying to do that. I'm like, yeah, I just. Uh, I'm not, like, dying to listen to this right now, so mm-hmm. my mind's elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that co- that goes around and comes around, because, like, I there was times where it was not the case, where I would, like, consume podcast content like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very topic-oriented, as we were talking about off-camera. It's, like, what you're interested in, what rabbit hole I'm going down right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I just follow that. I just trust yeah. my instincts with that stuff. Like, yeah. what do I want to know more about? Okay. Yeah,
1: me too. I definitely don't listen to, it's, like, at one point, like you, you said then, I was listening to podcasts when I had other things to think about, and yeah. instead of just giving myself, like, going for a walk and giving myself yeah. that free time to think, mm. it's like, I wasn't giving myself any time to think and be creative, yeah. and that's-
0: Yeah, like that, quiet time. Yeah. yeah, and
1: that's usually when the ideas and everything came to me, and yeah, it took me about a year to realize what I was doing to myself, and that was burning me out mm-hmm. even more.
0: Yeah, like, once you have a certain level of knowledge and, and it, 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 you just kinda gotta quiet the noise, you evaluate opportunities, you know, yeah. maybe run it by people who are good springboards for that kind of thing, and then take action. Yeah. Like, and it sounds like that's kind of where you guys are positioning yourself now. Of yeah. course, you went and took action in a big way, but I almost feel like that was, you didn't even know what you were getting into.
1: I know, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> to do that yeah. much all at once, like that's, I don't hear anybody come on and, and just say that they did it all at once. Yeah, Like a lot of people pick up steam and go faster and faster and faster. But well, you yeah, guys just, just like slapped it mission. down there and did it. Yeah.
1: To be, I mean, to be fair, we've like we when we emigrated, we sold everything up in the UK. There were a lot going on then, and you know we came over here and like we're, we're so it's a personality thing. Like, May, you yeah, guys are I like a, so.
0: burn it all down behind you and start the next yeah. thing.
1: Like and it's like my I, I was just talking to my mom because my mom's over from the UK this week and. She just moved around a lot, and and that's what her parents did. They just like she'd get home from mm. a weekend away, and there'd be a note on the door saying, "No, oh, we've moved here." And she'd be like, "Okay." <laughs> and so I like I was brought up like that, and and so I'm good for taking race, and I'm not scared of hard work. So it didn't seem too daunting. Yeah. And the good like we did have a good uh, team of contractors and handymen, and that's something that why both, did you because I I enjoy. Finding people and making that relationship. Okay, so you
0: you built that all up though, out of necessity though. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah, yeah. it was all. That's one thing that we both enjoy doing. That we'll, you know, and don't get me wrong, I've been ripped off by a few contractors, Mm -hmm. and but I think the experience early on when I was younger kind of helped me understand that a little bit. But then going through the renovations, you know, every few years in his homes, it kind of taught us a lot about, like we knew a lot about foundation issues and. You know, when we first moved to Canada, we were on a septic and a well straight away. So Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that we learn here. Um, So we're never scared of renovations.
0: That's good. Yeah. And you do have to take some some risks with contractors, I I find. But you can definitely mitigate it. I'd say the worst thing that's happened to me with a contractor in the last five years was I had one place where I needed a roof done and the guy that was supposed to do it, something came up, wasn't available. So I was just going through my phone. I'm like, who do I have? That could come and do a roof, and I called a, a number from a guy who I had called on previous projects, and he said, "Yeah, I could do that for you." And I had this vibe that he just didn't know what he was doing, and, and cool I forgot—I forgot to <laughs> mark it in my phone. So I'm just like, "Oh, hey, Mike, I got you on my phone here. Um, I need a roof done. Are you able to help?" Didn't realize it was this guy that I told—you yeah. know—I felt like was was not good enough. And uh, sure enough, he came, used my shingles, installed them incorrectly. I had to rip them all off, throw them away. Uh so I was out basically the materials. I never paid the guy, obviously. Um, I asked him how he was gonna make me whole on the shingles he wrecked and he told me his lawyer would contact me and I'm just like, you know what? Uh, just yeah. move on and focus. Although I could probably have, you know, taken it with the small claims. It's just like I've never gone down that road. Yeah. But uh, it would be a useful tool. Yeah. But even better than that is just pick good people that you don't need to do that with.
1: Yeah. And you have gotta go where you go feeling. But yeah. I have done that before before yeah. as well, and I've said to my husband, why why are we making the same mistake again. Why yeah. didn't we make a note of this somewhere? So I've done it. Yeah, so that. if you have
0: somebody in your phone, the key thing is put do not call next to yeah. their name. I did that right <laughs> after that experience. <laughs> yes. Very, very money-saving note to add to your phone.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had a guy who um he was such a lovely guy and it was it was one of the first actually no, it was the it was the third unit uh, that we were renovating. Um, and the contractor that we've got now that we use he was one um, potential. And my husband was like, no, I think he's the guy. And I'm like, no, my gut feeling is saying not," And I, my gut feeling was obviously wrong. And we went with the mm-hmm. other guy. And uh, bless the other guy. He was so nice. The kind of guy you'd want to go out and like, have a beer and chicken wings with. But I felt like we were just paying him just to chat at the hardware store oh, yeah, every day. And uh, yeah, we run over budget on that one. And that was a bit of a learning. But hey.
0: Yeah, I find a lot of contractors are chatty. And you get you know, especially the ones you're paying hourly, they just love to talk.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: and uh, maybe if you're if you're on uh, like if they're piecework or job quoted, man, they fly through those projects, yeah. <laughs> which is why they price that way because it's an advantage to them. So, um, yeah. So it sounds like you have a, a very good uh, you know hold on on these uh, contractors. It's just such an interesting story that that your comfort level with this to just jump in like that, and it's kind of proving that. No one really has an excuse. Like we have our comfort zones. I find like most people underestimate what they can do. Uh, they look at a situation and they, out of fear of just the amount of work it would be, they don't do it. Mm-hmm. Which I respect because I mean I have a kid that keeps me up all night, and you know I'm very limited free time right now. So me taking on things that consume my time is mm-hmm. it's not something I want to do. Mm-hmm. And you have a young young kid as well. Yeah, so. yeah
1: four year old. Yeah. So
0: it's probably pretty hard to commit to new things, right?
1: It's I think. I'm so glad, actually, that we did go quite fast then um, Mm. because, like, I'm happy where we are now or getting there, um, but it's definitely made me think a lot more on, you know, the next project that we take on. It has to be, I mean, it's difficult in this market anyway, but it definitely has to be a lot more worthwhile um, Mm. and, you know, for the amount of work that goes into it.
0: Right, and you you mentioned burnout. Like I, I've told my sir many times, but I've like I slept in my house under renovation. I had morning dew on my face, no vapor barrier. I slept in my car. Like yeah. I painted the house overnight for the cabinet people to come in the morning. Like, yeah. I did anything and everything to make make my first like rental project go. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember distinctly after that, I'm like, A, what now? And B, I'll never do that again. Mm-hmm and i did still uh, do one more where i you know was a bit hands on and then it was after that it was like okay no um, my business partner and i at the time like we just decided okay we're going to be oversight now we're no longer you know working we're now oversight and mm-hmm. you know transitioned away but it kind of sours the idea of even working you know taking on new projects when you you f- remember the pain of that burnout mm-hmm. yeah. it's like no I think in in a good way, it causes you to delegate. It causes you to build your team.
1: Exactly, yeah. Yeah, And maybe a
0: negative way, it causes you to not take action.
1: Mm -hmm. And we've bought, like, we live an hour and a half away from his properties, And that's always a good thing.
0: Where where do you live?
1: Uh, We live uh, in Rockwood, just outside
0: of Guelph. Rockwood, okay. My mom used to live there. Yeah. So St. Mary's to Rockwood is an hour and a half? An hour
1: and a half. Really? And then the other properties are in Alma. So same again.
0: Alma? Yeah. Like south of uh, Tilsonburg?
1: Yeah. St. Thomas, London, where, yeah oh wow that's a long way yeah an hour and a half like to both of them okay and then in between st mary's and elmer it's actually only about 40 minutes so
0: okay um i'm trying to place elmer in my head so is it east of Tilsonburg, like closer to to kitchener
1: uh no it's um it's literally 10 minutes from uh west of st
0: thomas 10 minutes west of st thomas okay yeah so quite far and sorry not west east okay so (laughs) and you just ended up in these these towns because that's where the deals were yeah what were your parameters what was a good deal to you
1: um i was just looking for duplexes that ideally had split utilities for one um Some and the power
0: just, and water and, yeah
1: yeah that's um, not although we didn't really get the the we didn't Water's get that rarely
0: th- separated unless it's like semi-detached
1: yeah we've only yeah. got water separated on one mm-hmm. um and then the just uh, needed renovations
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i mean at the time obviously you know beginning of 2021, end of 2020, when we're looking, you it's could like really see that, you know, you could boom. put new flooring and paint and everything and, you know, you could get a perfect burr I guess. So, because luckily... Values
0: were just going up so aggressively yeah, at the time. And we
1: didn't, you know, like, I, not saying that we were naive, I've been through, you know, I bought my first house like in 99, mm-hmm. so I've kind of been through the ups and downs of the market and I mm-hmm. understood that, you know, interest rates are going to go up, so we knew all this. Mm. Um, but... Luckily, like the one thing that we're always looking for is where can we add that little bit more value. So we're never looking at something where it would just a lipstick yeah. job. So like the first one, we we knew that we could renovate the loft. Um, and make it like a four-bedroom is quite a decent size. So, and then the second one so was the one we loft bought,
0: finished, or was no, it was just no, unfinished. It was,
1: yeah, it was unfinished. So we finished both sides. Was it was it that. just
0: trusses, and you guys had to re-engineer it, or was it, uh, no, it, it was, was already a, like a space. You it just was already had to a space. You had the
1: stairs going up, so it just needed finishing. Yeah. Okay. And then the second one that we bought, we knew it was a huge downstairs. That's the one that we we literally cut in half and turned that into a triplex. Okay. That was a challenge because the. The town made us jump through hoops um, to get to that stage. So, and that one was the, in
0: Elmer, or that Saint, one
1: was in Saint Mary's. Saint Mary's. Um, yeah, so I feel like Saint
0: Mary's would be harder to work with because yeah. it's like all heritage and yeah, they exactly, probably that's probably yeah. the main challenge.
1: Yeah, they were very uh, strict with the uh, yeah, like the fire separation. Yeah, here, there was no stone left unturned on that
0: one. Way back in the day, I heard that they didn't allow Walmart to come into. Uh, into no. St-, St. Mary's? Or no, that was Stratford. <laughs> no, St. No. Mary's isn't as much of a heritage, although it is It is a quaint town as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's yeah. a really so beautiful town, really
0: nice. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but yeah, it's uh, it's really nice. I mean, I get on with the all the town people there now. Now we've been through it all. Yeah. But, you know, when you start off and it was just like one expense after another, trying to, and I'm like, I just want to add another unit yeah. for somebody. It'll be really nice. There's no point having this. Like, it was like, Two bathrooms and four bedrooms, and it was huge mm-hmm. and like in two big dens just mm-hmm. on one level. And it, there was no, there was no tenant that was going to rent that amount of space. So yeah. it made sense. So it made so. sense
0: to split it up, but they didn't yeah. want you to. Why didn't they want you no,
1: the, to? No, there was good with it. They just, it was like, right, okay, we need a survey. We, we couldn't find a survey on file. So yeah. we had to pay for somebody to do a survey. Then it was like the cost of the application, I think that were about four grand before we even started. Um, then they told me that I could do the planning application myself, so like I got online i i I kind of learned how everybody else was doing the planning justification letters, and I went through all that i you know I learned it all myself, and there was helping me with it and kind mm-hmm. of teaching me um and then at the end, when I'd submitted the application, this was back in um like november twenty twenty one when we st- we started the process in o- mm. august twenty one um And then they decided that i needed to use a professional planner then i had to wait another couple of months to Mm. you know somebody good which we have got somebody good now that we use um and then it had to you know go to the council committees and you know you have to go through the whole process and eventually we got was it for a minor
0: variance or it was for a change of use like what it
1: was for zoning zoning change change. and a couple of minor variances for the parking and yeah
0: and it all uh, got approved they all got approved.
1: Yeah. And, like, in the end, the council were, like, they were great. They were like, oh, we know this house, and, you know, it totally makes sense. And they mm-hmm. all, like, loved the idea because um, it's a kind of well-known house It's on mm-hmm. the main road. Um, but, yeah, it just took, like, it took nearly a year yeah, just to get the And approval. that whole time
0: you had private money on it, or is that a bank? Oh, one?
1: no. this. So, luckily, this was one that we, With it, a bank. It, it, it was cash flowing anyway. It so, you were kinda, strategic
0: about which ones yeah. would, would be private. Yeah. The
1: one that we're doing that. now, the, the church renovations, the fourplex, this was the third property we bought and we left this till the end knowing that this would be the biggest project mm-hmm. but the fact that it's we've just got a mortgage with that it's um, it was it was already, yeah, it already the best cash flow anyway
0: the church cash flow as well yeah it,
1: it, what
0: what is the church now it's is is that already four it's, units
1: it's, well it's in the process of being four units
0: yeah what is it right now to be rented out
1: uh so each unit is 2100 uh, upstairs
0: no what I, what i'm saying is like you said it's cash flowing
1: just All right. here, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good.
0: Does it have just one unit at the moment? No, no,
1: two. It's yeah, two it's at the moment now, turning
0: yeah. into four. Okay, yeah. that's what I wanted. So it was a church. Somebody else changed it from church yeah, to Yeah, we bought two. it as a
1: duplex. Somebody okay. had bought it as a church and and converted it. And then we bought it before it was even rented out. Yeah. And then we got the rezoning done for the.
0: So it just looks store. like a church? Like a big church, yeah, small it church?
1: Like, it kind of like a chapel kind of thing. Chapel. Uh, we, we actually struggled to get um, a mortgage on it. Well, I was like, just
0: saying, like, they, I mean, people would want to see that the change of use was done right. Banks yeah. probably would not love it because they won't lend yeah. on churches. Churches are, like, a no-go for banks because, I mean, who wants to evict people out of a church? And it's a single-purpose building.
1: Yeah. Well, well I mean, R- actually,
0: you're proving it's not single-purpose. I mean.
1: R- RBC don't mind.
0: They don't mind. Yeah, 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 they don't
1: mind ones that look like churches. but Scotiabank It can look like a church like,
0: and not be a church. But if it is a church, that's where it gets challenging. Yeah,
1: well, the, yeah. like, it w- definitely wasn't a church, but even Bank was, like looks like a church still. So, yes, so looks a like Big a church. Peak is giving it away. We are doing it. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah
0: um, that's interesting. Like even if they had proper um, like permits with the city to convert it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean I don't know that it'd be different now with it being uh, mm-hmm. a fourplex. But you know, we're yeah. coming up to that. We're just working through the refinancing. Oh I'm now. sure you
0: won't have an issue now with like a multiplex. Like the yeah. convert converted buildings are a big thing. Like mm-hmm. that's a, a very popular um, type of of um, rental product. So with that said, I mean, you could even go uh, with credit unions and stuff like yeah. that for that. Uh, is, is your plan to go commercial with that, like more like a um, credit union approach, or are we, you trying to do residential? We're trying
1: to do residential. Yeah, um, to get the 80% get,
0: yeah. and the low rates. Yeah, we
1: really want to pull out as much as possible on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going down the residential route first. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking, do I just go straight to RBC, but mm-hmm. I'm actually using a broker and just we'll kind of go down that route. Because it's hard work sometimes, you know, Dealing directly
0: with the bank. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like dealing, you know, directly with my own matters in that regard either. Like mm. I'd rather work through a broker. Somebody yeah. that kinda like yeah, me I mean it's different or like somebody who works in the bank that kinda can rep your interests. Mm. Where they're not just going to disclose everything to the underwriter
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: exactly uh, hey can you rephrase this to the underwriter yeah. in a way that looks good on me
1: that's it because yeah. i i am just too honest i just want to give you all the Right, information yeah i'm just gonna figure tell you out i'm just gonna tell you been. i
0: ain't gonna sugarcoat it well, <laughs> yeah. i'll pitch it in the best possible light but i mean i'm gonna tell you all the goods so um and i've been fortunate i've had some good contacts for that um but it's, it's definitely something I appreciate. Some people, like, they don't care. And it is good, I mean, especially from a commercial standpoint, if you're doing a lot of commercial mortgages, they're doing annual reviews on you anyway. Mm. It's good to just make the connection with them and just pull that band-aid off and just be up front. It still is good to know like what not to say, but I mean, that comes with experience.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll leave it to the
0: broker. And leave but it to we, the broker, I yeah. think
1: we, we could do a commercial mo- I got told we could do a commercial mortgage on this one because the numbers make sense. So it yeah. might end if up you being combine better. it in
0: with others i think their their minimum is five doors for commercial right? right so if you combine it with one more of your properties then you could do it under with like an rbc or something right or maybe they'll make an exception and, and help you out at four yeah,
1: yeah. I, I heard that rbc minor four but but to be honest it sounds like like the were only talking to him the other day it sounds like we should be good for residential mm-hmm. um so yeah that'd be get... awesome
0: now typically brokers as far as like a lenders go and institutionals like scotia bank and td are the ones that they have direct access to whereas mm. they don't have access to rbc bmo um, i think they can do national bank um, so there is like a little bit less in the terms of options um mm. but i mean that, that's one of those things where sometimes these guys have a contact in those banks anyway they just got to charge you a fee mm. uh, to place it there yeah. So, yeah something to keep in mind so we were talking about what's a good deal. You were looking for perfect burrs. You were probably looking for stuff that would cash flow and you were done. Yeah, yeah. Especially in smaller towns like that. It's easier to accomplish that. Yeah. So now you're...
1: Which a year ago it was doing.
0: <laughs> a year ago, not now?
1: <laughs> well, everything... We've got one property that's not cash flowing. Why? And, oh, because uh, of the... Because of the you interest You are on rates. variable rates? Yep. Yep. Um, uh, and then okay. um, a couple of them, the cash flowing, but we, we've eaten into the mm-hmm. maintenance and repair. Um, amount that we've put to one side
0: yeah the uh the rates they'll get you yep sorry my son just keeps me awake I, <laughs> I, 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 I hate yawning in the afternoon interviews but it's like evening for me
1: <laughs> <laughs> I get it I've been there <laughs> yeah
0: you're not there anymore okay so nope. there's hope
1: yeah, yeah there's hope.
0: yeah there's, yeah, there's got to be hope but uh I'm sorry I lose, lose my train of thought as I yawn <laughs> what were we talking about uh, you lost me now <laughs> i lost you oh, dang this never uh, happens anyways well we were going through your your mortgage approach yeah and, uh, and then you were what you were looking for so you you said you were looking for cash flow the variable rates um affected things on you uh so back then like you still when you started or when you were kind of in the heat of this and refinancing them you were still having options on like three percent or less uh, mortgage oh yes yeah
1: yeah we got some really good uh mortgage like the majority of our refinancing we did um before may 2022 mm-hmm. um there was one property that was our there was always one troublesome property mm-hmm. so uh that one we actually we kept it on the private mortgage way too long Um we were trying to get the upstairs tenants out and we had a lot of issues with them mm-hmm. Um we was waiting for a hearing for nearly a year uh, and they didn't end up moving out. They weren't paying. Uh, they, they were paying. It was causing issues. Mm. So It was a, um, what is it? like a bad behavior. I can't remember which yeah, so you're trying to get there. them out. Yeah, I forgot which form it yeah. is. So uh, we had a property manager um, at the time who kind of uh, dealt with that. Um, but yeah, that was our troublesome one. So we had that for nearly a year. And then when we got that appraised, it was literally just kind of when everybody was panicking and the downturn, I think it was like... Mm-hmm. Uh, end of august last year so uh, yeah that one didn't go as well but we're just like whatever just mm-hmm. we would left some money in the deal on that just to get it off the private mortgage
0: i know a guy who who uh, lost on three flips he had like three or four flips going on at the time and like they lost oh, all really? lost significant money i he said he's going to come on the podcast and talk about it I, I he has not yet followed up with me so i'm not going to share his name but um yeah i mean I'd like to hear those sides of the story because I don't like it when it's, a, you know, everybody just says things are all peachy and great because, yeah, there are well, those stories out not, there, too. Yeah, you've like, People, people of... do lose on deals and they, they don't like talking about it. Uh, you don't want to dwell on it, but it's good to learn from those things. And I, I know there were people before this happened here in Ontario, like I interviewed people in Alberta and they were talking, hey, you think it's all sun and rainbows there? One day it can happen. Well, sure enough, mm-hmm. it did. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me it looks like, you know, there's signs that we're at the at the bottom of that cycle and things are starting to rebound. I mean, objectively there has been uh, some positive growth in, in property values now. Mm-hmm. But then they just hike the rates again. So yeah. who knows if it was gonna be a blip and then it gonna continue down. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard, as I've said a million times, hard to know where we where we land with so many people immigrating here, such a need for housing, and you have the other the other side of it is interest rates driving down demand for housing because it's mm-hmm. sucking up the dollars. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. It's a tough one to kind of.
0: Yeah, we, yeah, it's like, tough to to know in Ontario, and this is where it makes it hard because I used to do deals like my say my like my prime of student rental like flips and burrs. I was I was buying houses around two hundred grand, putting two hundred grand into them, having them worth like five fifty six hundred, mm-hmm. It was like, to me, that was awesome. Like I had very little like capital exp- extended. Um, I could cash flow these properties on private, full private money borrowed mm-hmm. at the end uh, rented out. Like it was just a great circumstance. I felt like I was covered three ways. And now it's a lot harder to put a deal mm-hmm. like that together where, you know, you could cash flow if you had to uh, rent it. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy in Ontario as it used to be not and I'm not saying you can't do it it's mm-hmm. just not as easy as it was yeah
1: you've got to be a lot more creative and yeah because yeah. that's where we started like maybe not finding something at 200 but we could mm. definitely easy just like buy something put the yeah. rainbow money in and we had a like we had a few like perfect birds yeah um, but then the others sucked that up and we left money in so right, they were like yeah. kind of learning from both ways but starting off when we did yeah we, we benefited um, from that market but now like even like before we kind of came on we were just talking about you know going down different mm-hmm. rabbit holes and mm-hmm. you know the shiny object syndrome and you know one minute i'm like right okay we're going to do flips and then you know you listen to the news and something comes out and you're like should we be doing flips
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. see to me i think i think you gotta focus on a market with good fundamentals mm-hmm. and and that's where my head's at and that's why i chose like florida as something that makes sense um doing the hospitality stuff uh where we have commercial property where we can we can add and we can change and we can develop and there's there's more plays uh, but you know if, if you're gonna flip i think it makes more sense to try and flip in markets where if you couldn't sell it you could rent it and still yeah. be okay yeah
1: uh,
0: that's just a it's a way more covered um approach and i actually just interviewed a guy who lends private mortgages to flippers and bur- like people who do burrs like that's it like investors and he's like yeah our average loan in ontario is 550 Look, clearly people are doing lower price properties that you know can be turned over and and if you're in those price ranges they can probably rent and you know break even mm-hmm. or yeah. come close to cash flowing mm-hmm. maybe lose a little
1: yeah could put it on like a medium term rental and stuff yeah yeah like yeah. There,
0: there's an angle where you could make it make mm-hmm. money even if it's not perfect mm-hmm. so with that said i mean i know you're open to moving around mm-hmm. but if you did move around what do you do with all the properties here keep them
1: uh I, i've not really thought about that Next step, to be honest, too much. We're so we definitely gonna, kind of, yeah. Like, well, we did have a property manager. That's the one thing, like, coming from the UK and having that um, mm. house for like thirteen years. We actually sold it when I got pregnant and emotional. Mm. I'm like, right, that's it, get rid mm. of it now. Um, but we shouldn't have sold it. We should have refinanced it and renovated it again. Um, but that was the one thing we said we are definitely having a property manager. And it's quite mm. funny now because we did have a property manager, for um, the majority of the time. But then late last year, we decided to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. We offered his own property management co-op and like doing it ourselves sales instead. So yeah, it's, uh, we'd probably go back to that.
0: Um, uh, to having a manager? Yeah. I, I I lean towards what I often refer to as insourcing. Just bring the people into your your sphere that will will basically manage it for you. Like good mm-hmm. software, good team, hopefully you have an assistant, that, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that actually can kind of double. Like you can hire an assistant if you have enough doors. They can manage all the calls, all the dispatch, the maintenance people, and everything. And then you kind of you kind of have your own internal management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of my like sweet spot for going forward.
1: That's that was our idea with mm-hmm. opening his own property management and kind of kind of getting somebody that we can yeah. train and have that we trust, kind
0: of yeah.
1: like in house. So. Yeah, because no idea. one will
0: ever care as much about your properties as you do. So yeah. it's nice to be able to still have your finger on the pulse, even mm-hmm. if you're not there and you're not directly managing them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You, you know, you kind of it's in your it's under one roof. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my thought. One mm-hmm. sec. So tell me about the the professional life. So you're a CACPA or
1: uh, CMA?
0: CMA. Yeah. Okay. So are, are you filing people's corporate returns? And oh taxes? No, 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 no. I uh,
1: so I'm from the uh, like the retail uh, industry. So more okay. like financial planning analysis.
0: You do financial planning yeah. and analysis. Okay. Yeah. So are you like selling uh, equity investments to people? And no, no. Like
1: working for like one of the big retail. Well, I was working for one of the like the top
0: retailers. Oh, oh a yeah. top retailer in top, Canada. Yeah. Okay. Doing analysis for that. Um,
1: but then, uh, but I work for a UK company now. Okay. And now we do like um, uh, consulting for the top US
0: company (laughs) interesting yeah so are you like having to file uk tax returns working for the uk no
1: no they have a they have a canadian setup exactly
0: yeah okay and consulting for the u.s okay
1: yeah so So that could help you get a
0: get a foot in the door if they wanted to uh help you get um in the u.s into the u.s you could potentially use that Yeah. yeah yeah my my uh buddy who who flips properties in houston his wife got relocated from calgary down to uh down to Houston, so that was his foot in the door. Got they got visas and mm. and green cards, and uh, I think they're working on green cards now. So uh, it's nice if you have an angle on that.
1: Yeah, it is down there. It's just the the place where they'd want us to go. I'm um, unsure. We've like we could have that option.
0: Where would it be? Do you uh,
1: know? In if I, if I say it, it's kind of like really obvious. <laughs> you don't want to say company it? It is yeah. So. Oh, okay, don't say. I'll it. tell you after. <laughs>
0: don't say it. Yeah, no. It's funny, I do give people like, and it usually does not happen, but I'm like, if you say something you really didn't want to say on the podcast, we can just cut it out.
1: (laughs) Well, I can say it if you're going to cut (laughs) it. No,
0: no, no, no. don't don't say it. Don't say it, I'll ask you off camera. I don't want to create work (laughs) 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 for Epic. Okay. Um, Okay, so you're doing that. What does your husband do?
1: Uh, He manages uh, warehouses and distribution centers. So that's another, so he's really interested in the industrial side of real estate. Okay. Because he would like, he specializes in starting up distribution centers. Um, mm-hmm. So he usually gets hired by companies that have, you know, just like, like kind of started off from Greenfield and, mm-hmm. and he'll help it get it up and running, get all the stuff in place. Like all does the he technology help with the means. development
0: or they, they handle that? and um, just
1: it, Not really the development, but he's kind of been part of it. Um, just where, like when they're building, just to make mm-hmm. sure everything's in the right place and whatever. And then okay. he runs them. So he's done that all his okay. life. Um, so yeah, that's something that he's interested in. Right. Which we just kind of. I, I feel like we 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 were trying get we were trying to get to a place where well let's let's get the cash flow working so maybe I could leave work mm. and we can focus on that a little bit more. And yeah. then we toyed with the idea, of thinking, okay, should he leave work and then he can concentrate on the consulting side of that while we start, you know, thinking about how do we move on to the, the industrial side of real mm. estate. Um. So we're just kind of working through that at the minute still but he definitely wants to go into consulting mm-hmm. on the warehouse side so it could be a nice like combination
0: yeah if he can retain like the clients and and just kind of go direct yeah that'd be that'd be really cool mm-hmm. i mean the, yeah the challenge and I, I hear people talk about it like most for most people you're not going to be able to pull like a kellen kellen penicha and like go just retire because your rental properties pay for everything yeah. like there were, there are times or there was a time and there are many places that that would have worked but for most people you're gonna end up doing something active you're mm-hmm. gonna end up you know either you're, you're a wholesaler as you know as that industry sort of picks back up and or you're you know a realtor appraiser or something you're doing something in the industry it might be entrepreneurial but that kind of gives you that ability to grow
1: yeah
0: and be active and plus who wants to sit around and do nothing anyway
1: yeah, exactly, I mean, yeah. It,
0: I've, I've got many different entrepreneurial things I do within the real estate space
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, sometimes that's a good thing <laughs> sometimes that uh that can be a little bit overwhelming but yeah um it kind of just forces me to grow and it's like I said I wouldn't want to be doing sitting around doing nothing
1: yeah and I think like our my aim is to be go, like to go part-time at the end of this year okay. and then at least I can you know I can keep going. More and,
0: time to focus on your, your portfolio. Cause like yeah. you said, you're kind of burnt out. So I'm sure when you look at doing another project right now, it's probably not as appealing as it's, as it might've been. It's funny past.
1: how you're saying earlier, you kind of think, Oh God, it's too much. But as soon as you finish one project, you're like, Oh, I need to break. And then it's like, Two days. Okay, next. <laughs> You're yeah. looking for the next one. For me, I always
0: wanted to have, I felt weird not to have a project going. I'd always mm. be trying to line them up. As soon as this one's done, I need another one that's starting. Like whether yeah. it's a property already in my portfolio that I'm going to renovate or whether yeah. it's a flip or a burr or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, it feels weird not to have something going on. That's the
1: same. We've, we've yeah. always had something going on. Um, yeah. And even now, like we've got the church renovations, we're just in the middle of that now. Um, But we are looking for the mm. next project.
0: <laughs> yeah. And what kind of criteria do you have set out for the next project?
1: So we we do want to do some flips. That's kind of what. So we're that's where to, you're at now. Yeah, that's we, what we're targeting at the minute. Yeah. Um,
0: and if you're basically looking for the same thing you'd look for in a burr, right? It's like it should, numbers should work. There should be a margin in there when you're done. Yeah.
1: yeah. And
0: it, I feel like now is kind of a time where you kind of, you have the ability to go, negotiate a better deal. Mm. The market is not as hot as it was it's picking back up right mm. so are you like have you seen anything that interests you how close are you guys to, to making a move
1: so um we've seen a couple that'd be flip worthy um then like saying that i've yeah. this week i've been analyzing a sixplex with some commercial space so that's the other thing like other things come like on your plate you're like okay i'll take a look at this sure and then you've got to be careful like you said that you don't get too invested in it otherwise you're trying to make it work but um yeah and then we looking at a couple that could be like good medium term rentals as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm really trying to focus. But yeah, well, if you're
0: trying to trying to potentially quit your job, you're going to want something that brings in a good bit of, of uh, active income. Yeah. So that you replace the active income you have now. Right. Yeah. So that, flipping makes sense for that. Yeah. But it's I'll also, like I'll, I'll,
1: I think I'd enjoy flipping. So
0: it's a little painful to sell the property sometimes. Although I just sold one of the new, new builds in Florida and I don't mind, but I was not emotionally connected to it in any way. Mm. The second one I was like intending to maybe keep as an Airbnb, maybe use it when I went down. I'm like a little sad to see that one is, uh, is going to sell. But, uh, yeah, should, again, not, don't get too emotionally connected to it. And I find because I'm not building them myself, I don't get as emotionally connected to them mm. because like I'm not the GC. I'm not pulling every string. It feels way better. Like, it's just way better. Like, you don't mind parting with them. Yeah. Whereas, had, like, the ones I put my blood, sweat, and tears, I'm like, it's hard to just, like, get rid of them. There's,
1: if there's money coming in from the sale of it, yeah, I'm nice. good, I'm not emotional.
0: <laughs> yeah, money. The money's nice, too. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's a good point. Um, okay, so where uh, where do we send people if they want to follow you?
1: On Instagram, we are SPS Investments. SPS yes. Investments. And okay. then uh, on, I'm just on Facebook as well. It's Amy Brooke
0: maybe bro okay
1: yeah. i open my facebook out to the world like, you do okay. yeah that was yeah. hard but anyway
0: interesting i have probably about a thousand friend requests that i don't i, I mean there's a, just a giant list there i'm never on facebook really other than our group for the meetup yeah i, I don't really go on
1: there much. i find that that's the best place to find um, like investors really on
0: facebook who, yeah you're probably right because it is an older demographic more likely to have money as mm-hmm. well mmm and I I, mean, I feel like Instagram's a weird place. Again, I'm in my bubble all the time. I'm like around real estate investors, talking to real estate investors, not realizing that there's a whole world of people who troll over a million different things. Yeah. <laughs> as I'm realizing and noticing lately as I put out more shorts. Um, so I could see how Facebook could be
1: better. Yeah. yeah. And That's- there's a lot of people that know that you've known for years that you know you don't realize that they're frustrated and they've not got they've not got any savings for retirement or whatever and you could really help them so yeah and they may
0: may have you know some HELOC that they want to lend to you
1: yeah we've got a few like we've got a few kind of private uh, promissory notes out at the minute Um, and a couple of people did actually want to do joint ventures but it was Mm -hmm. just challenging to get qualified at the minute so yeah you know and that's all been through Facebook
0: that's that's interesting so are you putting like outward kind of like hey i'm looking onto facebook
1: or, no i'm really or people
0: are just reaching out to you and asking if they yeah. can get involved
1: yeah i'll, I'll kind of yeah. say you know I, I do put a little bit out there and say you know mm-hmm. let me know if you want to chat yeah but i'll not yeah. openly
0: yeah you gotta of, be a little careful yeah. with that yeah you don't want to get any calls from certain organizations. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> might have to go to florida so, sooner than you think so. <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> Anyways, okay, so people know where to reach you. Any, uh, anything you wish we'd talked about that we haven't covered?
1: I don't know. I think we've done quite well there. Yeah. Um,
0: casual conversation as I yawn, and I don't mean to direct that at you. Oh, this. no worries, no. Yeah,
1: maybe, yeah. maybe the garden suite. That, yeah. was, um, that was the only... When we were talking about the refinancing, that was the only thing. We ended up doing the garden suite conversion. Like, that property actually got appraised at 800000 as a duplex and a big like, garage workshop at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And so when we did that Garden Suite conversion, we finished it in uh, like February time. I feel like we were one of the first ones to do it, and the appraiser didn't recognize it. Yeah, and, appraiser wasn't used to yeah, seeing it, and, so we and didn't, the bank
0: wouldn't recognize it.
1: Well, the, we went to CIBC, and we just kind of stopped there, because that's where his mortgage was. But we we knew that we were taking the risk being probably one of the first people to do it, that yeah. it might not be recognized. So we've not actually refinanced that one.
0: I bet you there's... a boatload of lenders that will help you out. Of course now rates. We just
1: thought we'll enjoy the cash flow instead and sink the money into it. Like it wasn't too much because it was already set up with the if you don't cash slow, then that's that's
0: awesome. Um but yeah, like I the thing I find is just because it's a no with one one lender doesn't mean it's a no with another. Mm -hmm. Like we got our we got an approval for a an an institutional mortgage with our camp based on projected income. Not based on what we'd actually done. Because we didn't even have a full season of financials to show. We, our first year's financial statements on audited statements, we send them in and they, when they projected out what we could do in future years and, uh, gave us, well, they gave us an approval. We haven't closed it yet.
1: That's amazing.
0: I'm like, wow, I was not expecting that. Like I wouldn't, I I would not have uh, thought that that would work. So, um, pleasantly surprised. Mm, Nice. Yeah. So it's, it's doable, you know, granted, like, I think we're going to smash the projections that, uh. That oh, they no, came up with good. like because we've added so much to our camp but that's a different different combo for a different day <laughs> um, anyways okay well I appreciate you coming over and, yeah. and having a chat
1: thanks for having me
0: and uh, yeah let's uh, see ya, see ya at the meetup on uh, well it'll be just past when your episode rares but uh, hope to see you out there yeah all yeah. right talk soon thank you there are a lot of people out there talking about the infinite banking strategy and whether or not it makes sense for them To find out what it's all about and if it's a fit for you, visit controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines where my audience can gain exclusive access to books, podcasts, and webinars tailor-made for real estate investors.